welcome back to our podcast, Learners for Life, up to episode 26. I'm Sarah Legg, I'm here with Luke Woodhouse, and we're joined today by a very special guest, the Rector of St James, it is David Smith. Welcome, David. Uh, thank you very much, nice to be with you. And you're our very special guest. Last week we had Kim Abbott, mm-hmm. and we didn't call him a very special guest, but we no. thought we'll give you the title. Uh, I'm, I'm honoured. <laughs> um, now, I thought we could, we're going to hear from you in just a few moments about um, just some updates, I guess, with the church um, and this season that we're in. Uh, but I guess before we do that, I'd love just to hear the encourage, what, what, what you've been encouraged by just looking at Philippians um, and God's word. Uh, recently, this new series. Mm, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Philippians is one of those books that is short enough to digest and and yet deep enough to be blown away by. And I think we keep uh, recognizing how um, relevant Paul's words were, both when he wrote them uh, and how they are today. Uh, and I think when he he talks about living for the gospel in whatever circumstances you find yourself. Uh, that's got to be a timely thing for this day. So he, he it's quite remarkable that he can speak so uh, succinctly into his own situation. There he is in prison. Mm. You know, life's not going terribly well for him, and yet so much of what he says, um, you know, cuts to the heart for us today. And yeah. I've, I've just found that, that his sense of saying, whatever happens, mm. live your life uh, in a manner worthy of the gospel has got to be one of those timeless truths that's yeah. that's good medicine for us. And that phrase, whatever happens, has been, you know, we, we call it the series, whatever happens. Um, uh, and it's one of those phrases, isn't it, where we've heard it, we hear it when we grow up with it, but it's, it's seasons like this that kind of, I don't know, sharpen the meaning a little bit. <laughs> uh, look, I think that's right. I, if there, yeah, I guess we want to say that the Bible always speaks into our time, but it feels like it's really speaking into this time. Yeah. And, and uh, in, in that particular verse, he... he he literally says, conduct your citizenship um, in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. He'll go on in chapter 3 and say your citizenship is in heaven, of course. Mm-hmm. So he's saying you're a heavenly citizen that's supposed to be making an earthly difference. Yes. And, I, yeah. and I think that's that's what his letter does. Yes. Yeah. So we're much more than... Though it's a, it's a wonderful thing to wait for the return of Jesus, it's um, as... as um, as a Bible lecturer uh, that I had when I was at college once mm. said, it's not just um, pie in the sky when you die, it's steak on your plate while you wait. It's, 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 there's something to do now. Exactly. There's yeah. something now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll steal it. That sounds yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think that's helpful while we've been called to be good citizens of this world, though, while that's what the government has asked us to do, to mm. be citizens who care for others now. Mm. Um, it's just helpful to have that perspective while we look at what the Word of God says as we prepare to be citizens of heaven, mm. um, yeah. to look at how that plays out as mm. we live our lives in the mm. society and in the time in which we find ourselves. Mm. Mm. So on that note, I guess my next question is, what would you see as the opportunities in this season now? Where where can we, the church, be looking for opportunities? Mm. That's a good question because I think uh, initially we, we, everything was just happening to us um, rather than for us. I think we now are working out that things are happening for us when it comes to the gospel. People are telling me that they're, um, they're having more contact with neighbours, friends, family, either around the corner or overseas, uh, that people are tuning in particularly to our online ministries. Um, and that's happening at both 
the family level with yeah. people, you know, getting their breakfast out and gathering around, which I think I've, people have shot a few scenes of that and I thought, oh, there you go, you wouldn't have picked that. You'd, no. And your church, has never, church has never been so easy. Mm. And then others are saying they're sending links to people who are overseas and mm. they've had... otherwise been able to... Yeah, and I mean someone was telling me the other day that they've said friends of theirs that have had very little to do with church now sign on every week, yeah. you know, and, they, and they've actually yeah. just thought, oh, well, it's not a difficult thing to... Mm-hmm you know, do this and, and I guess with lots of lots of us that there's a bit more flexibility with our time. Sadly, we actually don't want it to be that way, um, yes. but it is. And so I, we see how the gospel is speaking into the particular season we're in. Mm. Mm. Which is exactly as you were saying, Paul's saying, this is exactly what happens. Yeah. Is the gospel yeah. moves. Yes, God has a way of, of using any circumstances to, exactly. to draw people to himself, even though we, we wouldn't write the script. That's right. <laughs> That's we wouldn't. We never write these scripts, but he has a way of, you know, um, bringing about outcomes that, that are, you know, uh, according to his purposes. Yeah. yeah. Unchained by our circumstances mm. too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, David, there were some announcements in last week or so about uh, that roadmap, the three-step three roadmap. I believe you've got mm. a, a letter that we're sending out or you're sending out uh, to the whole of all the churches this afternoon, that is Friday afternoon. Can you just, um, for those people who don't like reading, mm. uh, maybe give us the, um, the, the the summary version of uh, it's, it's it's kind of um, joining the dots between what the government has said we're allowed to do and what's actually strategic and and wise for us as a yeah as a church. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, look, and I just want to acknowledge it has been a season of information overload, so I totally get that. And, and at one, <coughs> on one level I have to apologise for yet another letter, but it's also a season where I actually want people to have had the chance to, to have clarity about what's going yes. on. And so there's a necessity to it, but I am recognising the, the sense of, oh, look, something else to read. Um, the government's three-step approach uh, there... They're just looking at the easing of restrictions. And if we ask the essential questions, so step one, which uh, the New South Wales government has uh, begun today, and that's how the restrictions work. The the federal government has put the framework in place and it's now up to the state governments to administer the easings. Uh, So in New South Wales today, uh, at least for our benefit, uh, the easings have been five people being able to meet in a home, um, ten people being able to meet uh, for... um, for church gatherings. Uh, the and government that, coming up with a theology of church. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> and so there's some, you know, some expanding weddings have gone to 20 people, funerals have gone to uh, their 10 people and I think I think I've got the figures right. I, I, there's so many figures flying around. It's it's something like that, and and so they're beginning down a path, a, a watch and see path, mm-hmm. and it'll depend on how those easings go, um, and I'm not sure that um, church life is going to be much easier for us. Uh, but I guess we've just got to be realistic that they really don't give us much scope or flexibility because the 1.5 metre distancing and the four, four, four square metres rule around you, it, it still applies. So yeah. just to give you an idea, that's if you went for a, for a normal church service, that is the way you used to meet, you essentially say it's been reduced by at least 75% the amount of people that can go. Uh, Some very stringent cleaning responsibilities around that. So I only heard today that you wouldn't be able to run consecutive services unless in between them you had this very comprehensive, full-on, you know, and 
all hard services need to be disinfected, etc., or you have to have about a six-hour gap between services. So you begin to get an idea of just how complex this is. And so as long as we have the distancing measures, whether it's the four square metres or whether it's the uh, the 1.5 metres between each other, you can assume that church is not going to be uh, anything like what we're used to. Yes. I mean, and, and I, I want to recognise that that's really hard for people. Mm. Like people are feeling the grief of that yeah. and we're acknowledging that but also recognising that it's part of our responsibility as as um Citizens, citizens, you know, we, we may be heavily heavenly citizens, but we actually have earthly responsibilities right. towards others. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a long tail on this. Uh, yeah. I, I, people just need to be realistic that, yeah, right. look, anything close to what we might call face-to-face gatherings probably going to be in step three, which yeah. is, which really depends on how step one and two go. Um, with the vaccine, it's going to be, I think normality won't be until the vaccine. The, yeah, that's right. Yeah, normality, not a lot of normality this year. Yeah. Uh, and then next year's very much wait and see. And uh, I know we're talking stats here. With, with the letter, I've provided a copy of both the government plan and, and the diocese has, mm-hmm. has actually put out a, a sort of a related plan which talks about its implications for yes. gathering. So everyone's trying to say to everyone, look, we all know this is hard. But we want if we work through it together mm. and realise, you know, praying, uh, being patient with one another, being deliberate about just realising the the circumstances apply to everyone, yeah. we'll, we'll be we'll have a better chance to, you know, find our way through this. And and God is with us in the midst of it. And I think I think one of the things you get reminded of is that we always look for solutions. Whereas what God says, well, well I'm, you may not have all the detail, but I'll be there yeah, in the midst right. of it. I mean, that's the strength we have. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So thanks for talking into, you know, what it might look like for big group gatherings at this point, I guess. Um, the next question is, what do you foresee happening with our small groups in the near future and in times to come? Yeah, well, I mean, they've always been critical to our church life. Uh, they've just gone next level now, uh, which is which is <laughs> which is probably a good thing for for us. We we you know, um, I, two words come to mind as I think about um, growth and health of our own church life, and I imagine most churches are thinking this. And the two words are growth and capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very difficult with the large church restrictions to achieve both of those. Com- capacity is yeah. compromised. Yeah. And growth is probably there in the mix of it, but both aren't aren't there. Mm. When you come to small groups, you've actually got you've actually got the reality of growth and capacity. And when you think of kingdom progress, mm-hmm. we can keep investing in small groups. We have you know a, a good team of leaders. We now need to keep asking how do we develop more leaders? Yeah. How do we develop more groups? And effectively, there's not much stopping you from growing more and more small groups. Yeah. And as you grow more and more small groups. Later on, when we get into that large group uh, environment, whatever it looks like, we'll actually be able to have the small groups enabling us to restart yeah, the larger right. gatherings. They'll just be strategic. Yeah. But they're strategic anyway because it really says no matter what happens at that larger level, people have the opportunity to grow together, reach out yeah, to others yeah. together, you know, engage together and actually build in very profound ways. Yeah. Um, and so the small groups... Yeah, they're, they're coming into their own if they shouldn't have already. Uh, they're really in a place and space. And we're very grateful to have a have an effective small group network across our congregations. Uh, yeah. They 
some of them have that sort of different shapes and styles yeah. and meet on different nights and so forth. But they have the one common purpose of, mm. of growing people to be disciple-making disciples yeah. and, and, you know, being a model, being citizens of heaven in, in a way that makes an early difference. Yeah. yeah. Mm. We, uh, we had a chat last night with our leaders. leaders. And it was quite encouraging to hear how um, the small group is 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 network is going is 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 healthy and mm-hmm. um growing 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 mm. and um uh, and, and I'm encouraged by the creativity of some of the groups that are mm. that are doing things like you know, of their own initiative organizing their own like Zoom morning teas after church to talk about the sermon talk about so, mm. so I think that's mm. been um uh, that's been good. I think um, I'm just conscious of time. I think this has been really helpful. It'd be nice to hear from you again at some point, David. <laughs> no, that sounds bad, but I'm thinking but these kind of updates are quite helpful, and I'm, I'm conscious of people's time and digesting things. But it'd be good just to, you know, get another update in a week or two. Um, sure. Just as we start to think Even about as we move through these steps, mm. I think it's yeah. helpful just to hear mm. what some of that thinking is and mm. where things might head. And just to have um, those discussions mm. still yeah. forefront. Yeah. And people should feel free to get in touch if yeah. they've got, you know, questions. Any, any questions. There's, we just want to be Things as helpful as we can. Lots mm. of changes going on and, and hopefully this gives people some sense of understanding of how we're working through these challenging days, not challenging to God, but challenging challenging to our humanity. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's got this, um, and yeah. uh, we're confident that he'll have he'll have plans and purposes for his people. Um, just as we finish up, um, what can we be praying for you? Um, if people are hearing this. What are the things? If you had a couple, like a, a couple of things that um, you'd like prayer for. Yeah, I th- I think we want to pray for for ourselves in the sense of uh, we'll all be thinking, oh, I can't wait to get back to the good old days, yeah. and I think we've probably got to realise that we need to be saying we've got to look for the good new days. Yeah. Like I think that's <laughs> just just to call it's it for what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've actually got to say God has blessed us in the past, and and none of this limits Him blessing us in the future. Mm-hmm. So if you can help pray for each other just as because as, change is not a choice normally. We don't go there if we can. No. Uh, but, easy, but, really. but it's happening to us yeah. and we've got to say it may be happening to us but actually God has a way of it happening for us. Yes. That is he'll want to bring a growth outcome there. So I think that's the important thing. And then, and then related to that is just that the, the leadership of the church would, would have that what Paul prays for in Philippians 1, be able to discern what is best. Yep. Uh, so if we prayed those two things for, yep. for the gatherings of God's people and the congregation and for the leadership who are seeking to discern what is best, I think they'd be at least two good ways to... What about for you personally? What would you like prayer for? Um, uh, like in <laughs> terms of your own, you've got a lot on your shoulders for sure. this this season with a, a big church and in a, and, and a, and a challenging time. What are, are there particular things... For you and your own walk with yeah, well, I'm I'm very thankful to to have Annie, uh, and so that's that's been a blessing that God has has given me in terms of just you know working together. We we actually have family with us. We have a uh, is that a blessing? Or a <laughs> no, no, that's pretty special. <laughs> so so I want, I, when when it comes to prayer, you often think you don't necessarily think the things you're blessed by yes. first, yeah. and so we want to say. We've been blessed in that way. Uh, As to things to pray for, look, I'm just very thankful for a unified leadership Mm -hmm. team. Uh, That's a blessing both with the staff team um, and and the 
the wardens and the mm-hmm. parish council and the leadership teams yeah. uh, across the yeah. across the congregations. So just just ask that we might keep that unity, and that it might be a real asset for yeah. us. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, David. No oh, pleasure. Thank, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Look forward to chatting to you in a few weeks as yeah. things unfold. All right. Yeah. We'll see you up there. Soon. All right. Bye.